When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Glad to have you back. Yes, sir. You heard me right. Here are the guys, Schmidt and Cranach. Well, Hector, here's the game plan. You know, bring us two absolute martinis. You know how I like them straight up. And then precisely seven and one half minutes after that, you're going to bring us two more. Then two more after that every five minutes until one of us passes out. Excellent strategy, sir. Back into it. It's weekend edition. It's Hale Varsity Radio. Chris Schmidt, Mark Cranach, Elijah Herbal. Uh, Jake Peets is going to be staying in the NFL with Sean McVay. He reached out to a couple of folks last night with a question mark about uh, Peets, and he's been rumored. And I think uh, when push came to shove, Peets is a guy who's, you know, I know he's an analyst in the NFL, but I think that's going well. There's more responsibility being given to him by McVay. And uh, you've got some young kids in, in, in Jake's family uh, from a schedule and uh, lifestyle standpoint. Uh, it's just a little bit more conducive to having, you know, family and kids, even as busy and crazy as the NFL is, to stay where he's at. But don't kid yourself, Jake Peets, with his relationship with Matt Rule, I'm pretty confident that, that Jake Peets helped uh, sell Nebraska to, uh, to Matt Rule to help get this hire done. So Nebraska still in search. We welcome in the Iron Horse, Gary Sharp with us. Sharpie, are you uh, still in Big Sky Country, bud? How are you? Yes, I am in uh, Bozeman. Hey, let me let me add a little bit to what you just said about Jake Pete. So Jake was all set, as we know, to join Matt Rule's staff. And he speaks glowingly about Matt Rule. And kind of what you said, Schmitty, and what I was told uh, yesterday morning, is that Jake just had a change of heart. You know, as you were alluding to, he, he assessed the situation that is non-football and, you know, just decided that where he's at now is there's uh, some stability there and that's where he wants to be. It's no knock on Nebraska because I, I will tell you that Jake Peets absolutely loves Matt Rule. So, you know, Nebraska now will have that opening that, you know, we all thought was taken care of and uh, they'll try and find somebody that they can add to a staff that, well, any any news this week? Anything going on other than I'm in uh, Yellowstone looking well, for John well, Gary, I, I need a, a quick <laughs> clarification point. This wasn't a case of, of Jake Peets, you know, watching Baker Mayfield lead a 98-yard game-winning drive, no. and it reinvigorated his love for the Rams. It wasn't that? Uh, no, but, I mean, the Rams might have kept their season alive because of uh, Baker. I don't know. You know, it's a weird – it's a weird – he's had a – he's had such an interesting football career of who he's worked for, where he's been – and, uh, you know, I, I just think that there's, there's part of the experience here and the experience in the NFL. And, you know, I, I think he sees his future probably in the NFL a little bit more. But, again, it's, it's not a knock on Nebraska. This is just a, somebody made a personal decision that is best for their family. And, you know, you can't knock them for that. It's just he, he would have been a nice addition to Nebraska staff. But now, you know, you lean on Rule and Satterfield to come together to find their quarterback coach. Sharpie, uh, a thought with 
Um, well, you're looking for Beth Dutton, I think, not not John Dutton. In in big, but you know, make sure you got eyes for your jaw. Um, but I, I want to just get into to the week that's been, man. I mean, there, there's a billion things to ask you about. First, Riola. Uh, second, uh, let's talk a little bit here about uh, Mr. White. Yes, science. Well, let's start with the defensive coordinator, um, because I don't think that drew as much ire as uh, the retaining of Donnie did. <laughs> Say what, it's kind of an out-of-the-box thinking, higher. And, you know, if you look at, first of all, a three-three-five, which now I think everybody has dived into the three-three-five and how it will work with Nebraska's roster, how it will work in the Big Ten. Does Nebraska have good enough defensive linemen? You know, I, I, I think there's also the adjustment. You know, Marcus Satterfield, five different spots, has run five different types of offenses. So there's going to be some tweaking there. But I really like this hire. You know, if you look at his progress, and I think it, it was important to have somebody as a D.C. that has called plays before. You know, not somebody that you're promoting that has been a linebacker coach in the NFL and all of a sudden they're getting an opportunity to be a D.C. I, I think you've had a call defensive plays. And Tony White's resume is really impressive. I I was, this is a hire that's really got me intrigued because he has made incremental progress wherever he has been kind of year by year, and especially what they did at Syracuse. But here's how I kind of judge. When you're putting together a staff and somebody leaves from another staff, another part of the country to come to your staff, I, I, I want to I immediately hear what the fans' reaction is because, you know, fans are, we're, we're all defensive and offensive coordinators. And in this state, we have 1.9 million people that are offensive line coaches. You always say, oh, oh, man, I hate the coordinators. Well, look at the response from Syracuse. There are a lot of people that are really disappointed that he left. They understand it, but they're disappointed that he left because of what he was building at Syracuse. And the other thing, his players loved him, absolutely loved him. So we'll see how the system works. But I think this is a, this is a really good out-of-the-box hire when you're putting together a staff that so far really has all kinds of connections to you that you worked with before. Now you went to get somebody who you believe what they preach and what they teach that it can work for you on a side of the ball where I, I think you'll be further ahead on that side of the ball than you will on offense in 23. I just want sorry, Mark. I don't want to jump ahead of you here. I just want to make a point real quick. And you mentioned the, the fan sentiment, Gary. And fan sentiment's important, but also Michigan fans were calling for Jim Harbaugh's head three years ago, so they're known to be wrong. Yeah, but in this case, it's a defensive coordinator that very few people know the name off the top of their head. And in a place like Syracuse, where you know Dino Babers turned it around this year because he was on the hot seat, just the fact that 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 fans. And then I'll go with this. I'll go a little bit step further, and I, I get what you're saying, Elijah is there's media people that cover Syracuse on a daily basis, and they are like, whoa, this is a hit to the Syracuse football program. Gary Sharp with us on Hale Varsity Radio. I think one of the hallmarks of his defense is they actually do create havoc. And I, I don't know, it's almost like more than anything, the thing that gets me excited about Coach Rule and his staff, Gary, and I'd like to get your take on this, is you know, there was a lot of talk with the last staff where the actions didn't line up, right? There was yep. a lot of talk about, hey, let's get turnovers, let's create havoc. But then you didn't, you, you called a fairly conservative defense where that didn't happen. Um, that's going to be different this time around if White is able to implement the style of defense that he has shown that he does. And those guys get sacks, they get picks, they get fumbles. Um, it is truly an aggressive style. Do you expect to see that immediately when he comes on board? 
I do. I do. And that's a great point, Mark, because that's we, we talked about that. How come Nebraska, one, can't force fumbles, and then Nebraska hardly ever seems to recover fumbles or get interceptions? And they talk about it a lot. I mean, Eric Chenander talked about, hey, we gotta be we got to be a defense that's physical, but we got to take the football away. And that just never happened. But I, I agree with you wholeheartedly, Mark. I think when I look at the guys on that side of the ball, that's a big deal is to create havoc and force turnovers and pick up fumbles and that kind of stuff. And that could bode really, really well for a quick change for the defense to go headed in the right direction. I, I, I think it's, as we all dive into uh, Coach White's resume, you're going to see some things that – have have been mentioned, hey, we got to do this to be good in the Big Ten on defense. Actually, Tony White's defense has done. So, you know, maybe for the first time it'll come true because I, it is amazing through Eric Chenander and even further back that Nebraska just can't seem to take the football away on defense. And maybe this is the turning point with who you're hiring and what they're preaching. And not only preaching and teaching, but they're following through on it. Gary Sharp with us, Hale Varsity Radio. Let's uh, move into basketball only because it's coming. We can get back to football if we want to later. But hello, number four Purdue's coming. This is the same week, by the way. It's like a year ago, but it's the same week that Nebraska knocked off Creighton and then went to Indiana and didn't have Sam Greasel and just couldn't cut into that, you know, kind of eight to twelve point advantage. Um, and Indiana was able to outlast Nebraska, but. Man, what a difference a year makes, Gary. It, it, watching Nebraska-Purdue last year seriously looked like varsity versus JV. Just in terms of size difference, it was unbelievable. It was just like Nebraska has no chance against a team like that that is so physically superior to, to what Nebraska is. Totally different this year. I'm not saying these guys are going dancing, Gary, but it feels like if Greasel is healthy and we don't know if he's going to be healthy today or not, based on the, you know, he missed last game with some flu-like symptoms. Um, but if he's in, Nebraska's a big physical team that truly just won't have too many matchup issues. Do you expect Nebraska to keep it close today if Greasel is in? Uh, no. <laughs> <laughs> All that buildup? <laughs> no? I think, I think Purdue is the number one team in the country, and they have a seven-footer that is an absolute beast. In Zach Eady. Now, I, I don't want to sound harsh here, and it all depends on Sam Greasel. And you know, if he's, boy, if he even if he plays, is he a hundred percent? Because you saw against Creighton to Indiana, how much of a difference he makes. There is no doubt that this basketball team is built differently. It almost feels like year one for Fred, where he realized his mistakes and then started over and put together a roster that you can win in the Big Ten instead of trying to do what has you know gave him success at Iowa State. They're better as a team. I think they have a ball handler in Greasel that doesn't get you into bad situations um, when they're not sped up. And, you know, when you execute your game plan and Greasel has Walker coming back, I mean, Walker looked lost against Indiana. That's because he didn't have Sam with him. You know, this is a, this is a team that's competitive, and I don't think they're going to get blown out. Um, but they still have some deficiencies because Greasel and Walker probably every game you can go, okay, these guys are going to be consistent. But who's my third option? You know, Bandamil and Gary are going to give you quality minutes, and I thought Gary was really important against Creighton. But, you know, what kind of, what, what kind of consistency are you going to get out of scoring out of Wiltshire? Um, I think they'll play really, really hard today. I think it'll be a really good atmosphere. I mean, you're going to have Matt Rule at halftime, and you got Purdue. Purdue, again, is a behemoth. 
I think they're the number one team in the country. But it all depends on where are we at with Greasel. Because if Sam can play, then that gives you a shot. But if he can't play, then I really worry about Nebraska because I think Purdue's guards will get in on you and they will touch you on every possession and they will make you work. And at least Sam is a little bit bigger that he can handle that. Um, so I, I don't know. I think it's going it's to be a really, really tough test today for Nebraska with or without number five. Gary Sharp with his weekend edition, Hale Varsity Radio. Sharpie, I want to go to the weekend uh, official visit for Nebraska. You've got some portal guys. You've got some 2023 guys. Name me a couple of guys that, that are on your radar that you're interested in. Do you see any, any potential commitments for Nebraska this weekend? Well, you, you know, you, you don't know. It's, it's such a whirlwind. And I give credit to the staff for – yeah, you, you start kind of the week. It's been such a weird week. Maybe it's been a typical mm-hmm. Nebraska football week. You have a decommit of a guy who I think is a really good player in Ben Bramer. You have Donovan Riola is retained, and we try and explain the why, and people are not, why would you keep him, and what's going on, and I don't know if I trust Rule. Okay, I trust Rule. He's an offensive line guy, so he's probably going to run the offensive line, but Donovan's going to have the title. You know, and, and then you get to this recruiting weekend where all of a sudden things picked up. Um, where you've got some names on campus of positions of need, and there, there are some significant positions that need help. I mean, that defensive line for Nebraska is really, really light in the shorts, and you need some bodies in there. So you bring in a four-star from Texas A&M, which I wonder if Elijah Robinson, who doesn't look like he's coming here, did Nebraska, uh, Matt Rule, a favor. He said, hey, this guy, this guy can play for you. Tells Elijah Judy, hey, go to Nebraska. He's going to take care of you. Go give it a look. See what you think. He would be a nice addition because you need bodies in there. And then I'm kind of intrigued by Jeff Sims. You know, we don't know if Casey Thompson is coming back. And, and, and I, I think it's important for Nebraska to have Casey Thompson come back because I got a feeling that this offense could be a little bit complicated. And Casey is somebody who I think would be able to absorb the info a little bit quicker because he's been around a little bit longer. Um, but, you know, who knows what they're going to do there. And then, of course, the high school players, a lot of in-state kids, you know, what's Malachi Coleman going to do? Is, is Coach Prime really, a, you know, the real deal? But I think it's important, like, when it goes for Nebraska against Colorado, next weekend is a huge weekend for, you know, Colorado and their recruiting weekend. And they're going after some guys that Nebraska, you know, has on their radar or is having on campus this weekend. So I think it's important for Nebraska to put on a good show. And, you know, in Nebraska start to get a little momentum on the recruiting trail. Um, but I like the list. I, I think this shows that this staff – has really, really got out there and grinded. And remember, you have some guys out on the road who really don't have any built-in relationships lately because they're coming from the NFL. So they're walking into situations where they're kind of for the first time going, hey, remember me? I'm back in college. And what they're able to, uh, to put on campus this weekend, I think is a good sign moving forward when this staff, you know, they get settled in and they can have a whole full recruiting cycle. Gary, let's flip this around from from potential additions to departures and the Ernest Hausman situation. It's uh, a, a good visit to Iowa apparently this week, and some uh, some recruiting experts putting predictions that Hausman will be a Hawkeye next season. What's your read on the, the Hausman situation? Oh, that would that would be uh, that'd be quite interesting next to Black Friday. Here's the thing with Ernest, and you know it 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 initially caught everybody off guard. And so I said, whoa, what's going on here? Because if I'm looking at his situation, we all, we all talked in the month of November how much progress he had made. Now you're thinking, okay, what's the defense going to look like next year? Where's he going to fit in? And then you, then you kind of figure out, 
Well, some of the guys on the roster that are departing were recruited by the former staff, and they had great relationships with the former staff. And then you get the confusion of, hey, I don't have a position coach. Who's coaching me? I mean, I can go into the coach's office and go, hi, my name is Ernest Hausman. Oh, I'm Matt Rule, but I don't have a position coach. So, you know, you get a, you get a little bit of, man, I had a great relationship with my former position coach. I'm going to start to look. I got people saying, hey, hey, man, you should, you should look. And then once you get in the portal, you see the attention you're getting. And, you know, and then Ernest Hausman's not coming back to Nebraska. I mean, he's not pulling a, a, a butler. Um, but Iowa, that would sting because – you look at Iowa's situation, they're losing a great linebacker in Jack Campbell. Doesn't Ernest Hausman look like a guy that could slide right into that spot and be, and be another solid Big Ten Iowa linebacker that gets awards? And you sit here and go, wow, what happened there? Gary, is that a quick follow-up to that? What's your, your reaction to Nick Henrich and Luke Reimer both hopping on Twitter yesterday and posting Proverbs 18:24? one who has an unreliable friend soon comes to ruin, but there's a friend who sticks closer than a brother. What's your reaction to that? Is that, is that well, in reference I to Ernest? I think there, yes. I think there's probably something that happened during the course of the season. Um, you know, they most definitely would like to keep him uh, in the linebacker room. I mean, Nebraska, he's an asset. And I, I think we'll probably... As you, as you sift through this, we'll probably find out that, that maybe some things happen in the last couple of months of the season where, you know, your mind starts to drift. You don't have your regular head coach. You build a relationship. You know, and, and here's the thing. It's the same thing I have with Ben Bramer, guys. Ben Bramer watches Scott Frost, who did a – you know, Scott Frost did a great job of getting Ben Bramer early, and I like Ben Bramer at Pierce. But 30 minutes after Frost was fired, Matt Campbell is on the phone. Okay, and so there's got to be other players on this roster that either directly or indirectly, when Scott Frost gets fired, there's teams that are starting to swoop in and say, hey, now, you know who's not in Lincoln anymore. And, and, and I, I think Ernest is probably one of those guys that, you know, he liked the stability, but he also may like a, 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 you know, a change of ed- address. But, yeah, those, those tweets are directly towards uh, number 15. And it's unfortunate, but it would spice up the rivalry uh, for Iowa and Nebraska. Gary Sharp with us. Sharpie, enjoy big sky country. Say hi to Beth Dutton for me. <laughs> and uh, we'll uh, get caught up again next weekend. But thanks for a few minutes today. By the way, quick note. Um, if you are coming to Bozeman, and that's where I'm at, do not ask the locals, hey, what do you think about Yellowstone or Big Sky? <laughs> because you know why? Because since those shows started airing, more people have tried to move here, and you can tell the difference between the out-of-towners and the locals, and the locals aren't super excited about all of a sudden the out-of-towners coming into the state of Montana, i.e. the yeah. Yellowstone uh, uh, you know, plot line. Uh, for sure. Yeah, John Dutton for governor, right? Sharpie, be <laughs> safe, bud. Thanks for the time. Hey, thank you. There he is, Gary Sharp. Cranach, have a good weekend, and uh, we'll check in next week, bud. All right, fellas. Talk soon. There he is. Elijah will talk Monday at 4 on Hale Varsity. Thanks for listening.